It's time for the Super Coach Professionals Roundtable Podcast. And here's your hosts, Paulie G, Ryan MS, Peter Hanscom, and Andrew Muldog Molinaroli. Certainly is time, that time of the evening, Tuesday. And it is the Supercoach Professionals Roundtable Podcast. I am Paulie G, Peter Hanscom, with us as always. How are you, mate? Oh, I'm very good, thanks, Paul. How are you? Very good, very good. Refreshed after the long weekend. Ryan MS uh, with us. How are you going, mate? Good, mate. How are you? Very good. No, Andrew Moldock Molinaroli. He's got some uh, computer issues. At least we know we can't blame it on, on Manly. They've, they've come back quite well the last two weeks. But uh, fingers crossed uh, he can get it fixed for next week. And I've got Pat Lyons again with us from Coogee Bay Health and Injury Care. How are you, mate? Good, Paul. How are you? Good. Did you enjoy the uh, Easter long weekend? Yes, yeah. It was a good good few days away and now we're back. Back into it. Well, a, lot, a lot of footy spread right out. Well, I suppose in some ways we didn't have Thursday night footy, but I'll tell you what, it felt pretty spread out with those three Monday night games and still trying to collect our breath, I think, uh, for a Tuesday uh, evening collectively. Um, Let's go through the main injury concern. There, there were a few, but super coach-wise, I think Daly Cherry Evans is the big one. Um, the high ankle sprain, I believe, that, that uh, he got he forced out of the match early. The mm. saying could be up to a month. What's your take on it? Uh, he could do better than that. Um, it does depend how severe it was, but he sort of hobbled off. Um, but if it's not really structurally unstable, then he might be able to get back on there in two weeks. But... Uh, yeah, two to four, probably close to the two. And I guess if you're, yeah, playing, yes. if you're playing in the halves, you're sort of more directing things. I mean, does he need to play at? Does he need to be at 100% to take the field? I guess is what I'm asking. Or you could, you know, you're talking two weeks and that sort of mm-hmm. position. I guess, especially if they lose the next two games, they might just want to rush him back in there. Yeah, they can. You know, you can modify his role a bit if he just wants to be more of a traffic director. Um, yeah, that's not really his style, though, is it? He's a bit of a, a drifter and a hot stepper. Yeah, well, it might affect his upside, so you've got to take that into account as well, super coach wise if he's not, you know, putting, maybe still putting on tries, but he can't score him himself or make line breaks. So something to also consider if you're thinking, oh, two weeks, maybe I can hold him for two, but you might not get the best out of him for another two. So mm. keep, that in, keep that in mind. A um, lot of guys returning this week, some... You know, we probably expected, but some really seem <laughs> on the verge of, uh, yeah, very uh, hopeful, I guess you could say. Um, Sam Burgess, I mean, we only went through it last week um, with the neck injury. He's been named to come back, but uh, you're, you've got some concerns. Well, it, just, it seems early in, um, for, to go from the symptoms he had to be ready to play again this week would be a, would be a good effort. Um, so I'd be surprised if he actually plays. Um, it's possible, you know, those symptoms, they can tidy up quickly, but, you know, I'd be surprised. And, you know, we talked about it a bit last week, but that fear of doing some longer-term damage, not only affecting his time on the football field, but time after football, wouldn't that be some concern? Or maybe we're not hearing everything. Yeah, I, I, don't, I, I would doubt there's a... A, lot, a structural risk there, but yeah. as we mentioned last time, if, the, if it's sort of a bruising around the nerve root, um, they don't tend to resolve very quickly. So I imagine he'd be pretty sore still. 
and he maybe just wants to play. But mm, I'd, I'd say the risk of being, risk of really real damage is probably low. But he's a machine. He's in like uh, Paul Gallen, a <laughs> guy we're about to go to now. But those two players, they'll play through anything. So I guess if you're saying no worse damage can be done, then maybe we suggest yeah. that um, you know he's just going to play through it. For the Bur- for Burgess, yeah, and I, I think Galen, I think that he's proved it in the past too. And um, with the PCL injury, it's you know it's not not the ligament, not not a ligament that's really um, re- required for for the stability of the knee compared to the ACL. So if it's you know it's patched up and he's ready to go, I think he'll just play. Yeah, Paul Gallen, he was close apparently on on Monday night, so. We can we can say if you've got him with some confidence, he should be right this weekend. Uh, two Raiders we talked about earlier in the year: Blake Austin and Aiden Caesar. Now Austin, I think you were saying you know things could go well for him with the uh, medial ligament strain, but it's Aiden Caesar that really got our heads scratching because he's still got plates in his cheekbone. He's got to pass a further fitness test, uh, but he has been named. Yeah, it's another one where they've named a player, and you think, well. How? <laughs> um, it, it would be, you know, I wouldn't want to take a knock on the plate. Um, so I don't know how they can protect that. Um, but you know, I've heard, you know, people have done it before. You just, I guess they just choose to take the risk or not. But it's so, early days still, so I'd be, again, surprised if he actually gets out there and plays. I think especially if Austin does play, we might again see Whitehead go to the halves. And it has worked okay for them, Papali. And Soliolo then become the back rowers, the edge runners. Um, I guess alternative Sam Williams was dropped. Look, he didn't have a good game last week, but he has proven himself to be quite capable in the halves in the past, so he could still go back in that combination with Austin that we saw um, last year. You know, so there's there's some options there. I think Caesar Caesar came back's probably on the outer edge at this point, even though he has been named. Um, Corey Oates, he's also been named earlier than expected. I know we spoke about his injury a few we- a couple of weeks ago, the grade 3 AC joint injury. I think the, the main takeaway I got from it, if he does come back early, he's going to have so much pain in that shoulder trying to raise it above sort of his, his head and obviously he's going to have to catch bombs. I mean, this could be a target for the opposition if he does take the field. Yeah, potentially. Um, unless they just give him a whole bunch of needles and <laughs> just get him out there some painkillers. But uh, you know, at this stage of the season, I don't know what they um, would would take that approach if if they can give him a bit more of a break. Um, you know, on the flip side, he might have just really recovered well, but not the ones I've normally seen. They're pretty sore still. Well, Brisbane do do. Uh, you know, they they could. Pull uh, Swifty there. Lachlan Maranta, of course, could be named Greg Eden. You know, there's some alternatives, and that's why you've got to follow us on Twitter at Supercoach Pros because we'll tweet you an hour before kickoff. Um, Oates is a key, is a guy to hold on to anyway at the moment. You've probably kept him. It's good news. But maybe look for another option to start this week. Uh, Matt Moylan also named back now. We're not predicting him to start. To, you know, to start in Supercoach straight away, but I guess he's one to watch. But pa- pa- back injuries. You know, we don't know too much about what Moylan's been through, but obviously, you know, they said he'd be back, then he wasn't, and then it was longer term. I guess this is the type of thing that can occur. Yeah, it's a bit of wait and see for him, see how his, his first run goes, if he gets out there. Um, it sounds like they've done the conservative thing with him, they haven't rushed him back, so he would have done all the strength work, and my guess is he's ready to go, but time will tell. 
Well, you were spot on at the start of the year when you said Sean Johnson would take four weeks to get going, and he has done exactly that. And uh, pretty spot on with Paul Gallen as well. So let's uh, keep an eye on these guys and, uh, and you know, keep listening to this great advice. Pat Lyons, now, uh, could you Bay Health and Injury Care? You can go there if you follow us here at Supercoach Pro. Simply mention Supercoach Pro's 20% off your first visit there. It's great. I really recommend it if you're in that Sydney area. www.coogeebay.physio or 966-5-9667. That is an 02 number in the Sydney area, as I was saying. Pat, thank you so much, and we'll talk to you again next week. It's a pleasure, mate. We'll see you next time. Bye. Yeah, wow, guys. And, and a lot of players coming back from injury this week that a name that we're sort of thinking maybe that's, you know, they might not end up playing. I guess it's a good reason to follow us on Twitter at, at Supercoach Pros. But Ryan, Corey Yates is the one that's really got me because he's, you know, not even been able to put his arm up above his shoulder and, and you're holding on to him with the hope of getting that nice third score, get that big pop. But what if he plays for five minutes and has to go off? Yeah, well, that's right. You're playing playing the Supercoach Russian rule out there with his shoulder, to be honest. Um, it's going to be tough. Um, you'd, pro- oh, Yeah. Um, look, to be honest, if you've got him in your team, maybe you just don't play him and just hope for the best because there's no way that you can, with any confidence at least, um, stick him in your team and then hope for, you know, even just an average return because you don't know what's going to happen. It's just far too, far too um, up in the air. It's an enticing matchup, isn't it, too, with the Titans. We saw a couple of weeks ago, you know, Nagwala, Nofalimidu, well, Rapana, but you don't want to play him here. But what you're really hoping is they just say, I'll give him one more week. And then next week, he's back to, you know, he's stronger and and you know he's going to get through the 80 minutes. Yeah. All right, let's look at what happened last round. Um, Top of the pops for Moses Embai. Look, if you follow, if you look at our previews there at www.supercoachpros.com, you would have seen. Uh, a good matchup for him, and it certainly panned out that way. 112 points for him. Sean Kenny Dow, 111. Josh Dugan, 105. Corey Parker back. Go to our Facebook page. Have a, have a look at that at Supercoach Pros. A bit of a laugh about dropping Corey Parker. Hopefully, he didn't do that. He got 99. Ryan James, a big game, 98. James Roberts breaking out there with a 97. Chris Griesmill getting a bit of extra uh, game time due to the shocker that Paul Carter had. He only um, got he got he got a Great 93, while Jake Granville and Michael Morgan, Pete, both are outstanding for the Cowboys, 92 points. And Granville off the bench, that was the interesting thing, as we've seen for a few weeks, but now we saw the benefit of that. Yeah, I must admit I was a little concerned when uh, they dropped Granville to the bench, I thought, you know, because I thought this is, you know, a future origin player, an 80-minute player for mine. But, uh, yeah, Paul Grant, of course, premiership winning coach, knew what he was doing, and yet, like, both of those players were outstanding on Friday night. So I really like the um, the try from Granville where he showed the vision to, you know, probably overcalled first and went down the blind and scored himself. I thought that was brilliant and part of the reason for the Cow- Cowboys' great success last year and, and ongoing without yeah. a doubt. And why we like him as a super coach player. We haven't seen much of it this year, but that was what we like and getting those big points by taking on the line. 
Um, the players that overachieved, Greaves Mill, as we mentioned, and Felice Cafusi, another guy to get extra game time due to injury. But he looked really good on the left edge, so one to watch. Uh, we meant, mentioned again Josh Dugan, certainly back at home at fullback. Sam Perrett was up there. Blake Ashford, you know, maybe enjoying a better run with, with some inside men there at the Warriors help, helping him. He looks a bit more like he did when he played for the Tigers. And uh, Sean, Sean Kenny Dow, as we mentioned, with James Roberts and, and Moses Mbai. And then Zeb Taya. So Taya having a good game also um, for Gold Coast. So he's one to watch because there's a bit of upside with him. Aaron Gray was a disappointing one going on the flip side. Certainly well below his best. James Tedesco, look, he had a great game for the Tigers, but well below his predictor because... Uh, it was all in defence, not much with super coach points. Bryce Cartwright went down with an injury. That's why he's in that list of underachievers. And semi-red Raja, I think it was a bit over-expected. You know, the Tigers have improved their defence this year, so perhaps that predictor uh, a little out of, out of whack with reality, and he's come back to the field a bit also. And um, you've got to, you know, also looking besides injuries taking into account and also guys like Jaden Nikarima not getting a start. Injuries to guys like uh, Bura, Lima and Cartwright. And then Simon Mannering, um, Ryan, moving to the second row from from um, the middle third. That was a big, uh, a costly one for his super coach numbers. Yeah, it definitely was. And for the price that he is, um, you, if you've got him in your team, you're probably spewing a little bit. Um, late, yeah. late move to the second row. So yeah, it's tough. And that's the thing. Um, you have to definitely um, have a look at him in the coming weeks to see where he does end up playing um, in the meantime and, yeah, probably make some tough decisions. All right, guys, we've got a brand new segment coming up now. It's called Deep With Tweets. <laughs> I promise you we're going to get a sound effect for that for next week. But in the meantime, we just want to get really in-depth because this is the time of year when you're really making those trades. Um, you're formulating a team together. You, you're trying to make money at the same time. Every you know, It's very critical that we go sort of a bit in-depth with some of your questions. So Nick from at Nick's Tricks uh, has sent us a tweet. A suitable replacement for DCE, Pete? Um, there's a few options there, I think. Yeah, there are. Um, it hasn't been a great year for halfbacks in uh, the Supercoach this year, though. Uh, um, the obvious ones, you know, of course, up the top of the tree, um, as you mentioned earlier in the show, is uh, Moses Embiid's doing so well. Yeah. Um, yeah. If you don't don't want to spend that quite that sort of money or the Thurston type money, you go for the blokes I was looking at is uh, uh, Sean Johnson, who I thought had a you know really good game the other day, uh, scored a try and you know played quite well against. You know, admittedly, it was against a weak Newcastle team, but um, you know, 402,000, he scored 86 points, so he's an obvious one. Uh, Chad Townsend's been a little bit of a surprise packet for the Sharks. And, uh, yeah, he's, as I said, he's not going to do you great numbers, but, you know, then he's not a great price. So he's 350,800. So, you know, he's uh, scored 49 the other day against Melbourne, which is not bad against the Storm, and with an average of 61.7 in his last three. So... I think they yeah. have pretty good options there as well. 49 is his lowest yet, so that's not a bad floor that he's aiming at. And he was really good last year for the Warriors, particularly earlier in the year. Um, Ryan, I guess when you've got Daly Cherry Evans, maybe you don't have the money to go for the out-and-out superstar at half, so that's to be considered as well. Yeah, definitely. Um, look, I there's a guy who um, I, I think... 
can possibly fill that gap. Um, he's a bit of a gamble, though. Um, he's Kieran Foran, who was really a, the, um, um, a no-no. Yeah, the super coach no-no. I was just about to say that. Um, <laughs> but he's so, at seven now. I mean, not that it makes much difference. They play either side of half of the halves, but, you know, he's the dominant half at Paramount. Yeah, and it, it tends to yeah bring out... So you put together a 50-point game in a, in a very low scorer. So... Um, yeah, look, I don't think he's the worst option you could pick. Look, if there's a way that you can get Anthony Milford in at 5'8 and someone else goes to halfback, I think that's an option. Maybe you already own Milford. Sean Johnson, I think, definitely. Um, Pat, I mentioned earlier in the show, Pat, um, you know, saying it would take him a month to get ready. It's been a month now. He's looking really good. Moses by Pete already mentioned him. Those three guys are right up in the top five uh, predicted to do well or do the best this round, according to our predictor model. So that's a good sign from there. Bit of a gap down to other guys after that, like um, like Chad Townsend, who Pete mentioned as well. Um, even surprisingly enough, in that list is Dylan Walker, who, you know, we talked about no-nos, but we, do you replace like for like there? Will he get more game time? Maybe it's something we'll talk about when we get to those round five teams. But definitely um, those top three, if you can bring one of those in, that is the way to go. Milford, Sean Johnson or Moses, Mbai, uh, if you can afford it. Let's go to Kerry now at the Blue Steelers at Supercoach Pros. Taylor, Walker or Hastings out for Tamari. I've got Thurston in there. I just need to get the Milf or Mbai in the next couple of trades. So I guess, Ryan, what he's saying is that you know he needs to, to make a bit of money out of one of the cheapies he's owned. And um, maybe then he can make enough money to go get another big name. Yep. Well, um, I think out of those three, I think Hastings is the guy to sell. Um, I think he's fast approaching um, his limit. Uh, Taylor's still got a ways to go, and he, he's always, he has also made a bit more cash um, than Hastings has so far this this season if you if you got them from the get-go. Um, so I, I, I say Hastings. Um, and, yeah, go from there. I've got to contradict you a little bit, but I'm going to wait. Pete, uh, what, do you, what do you think before before I... Um, I'm, thinking, I'm thinking Ashley Taylor. We um, talked, I think, at the beginning of the year about um, the draws for each team and so on. I think the Titans, although they're playing well, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm impressed with the way they're going and the way Taylor's going. They've had a pretty easy, um, pretty easy draw so far. And I, I really don't like the... You know, to see how it's going to go. I don't think it's going to be sustained, uh, the form of the team or the form, his form as a result of that, you know. Um, and they've got some, some pretty tough matches coming up if you, if you have a look. Uh, they've got the Broncos starting this, um, this yeah. Friday night. Yeah. And, you know, following rounds, you know, they've got, they're up against um, some quality teams. It's, it's really going to start to hit home, I think, with the Sharks. And then they've got the Storm shortly after that. So, you know, I think it's, it's trouble ahead for the Titans and, yeah, I'd be I'd be letting Ashley Taylor go. It's a close call, but yeah, he'd be the one. Yeah, it's interesting, isn't it? Because Jackson Hastings, you know, we thought was a bit overrated going into the season. Look, he hasn't played the best, although last Saturday he it was his best game so far for the club. Also, thanks to that, he's going to get a nice uptick next week. He's also got some nice matchups coming up: the Rabbitohs and the Panthers uh, in a couple of weeks' time. That could really—I mean, round seven against the Panthers is predicted. 
you know, to get in the 90s. So that's an interesting one, maybe why I'm contradicting what I said earlier in the year and, what, and, and going against Ryan uh, to give a point of difference, saying maybe keep Hastings for a bit more cash. But there is a lot of downside to all three of these players. Look, it's great you've got them because these are the type of players that you needed earlier in the year to make you some cash. But certainly when they're playing them in the starting 17, there is a risk to their downside. Cody Walker, look, he's got some good matchups coming up, but we've seen a real die for him. Round three was a disaster, just 15. And, and quite frankly, round four, he got out of jail with some good um, play in garbage time, essentially, both him and Luke Keary. So bit of a worry. He did get away with it. You're probably holding on. I probably agree with Pete. You're going for the matchups. And Ash Taylor, even though he's a strong quality player, as Ryan said, you're just sort of purely looking at those matchups and saying Taylor over Walker uh, and Hastings, who may be the least talented of the three players you're keeping purely because you might get a few more ticks down the road, a bit more cash in upcoming weeks. Um, But realistically, you're in a good position because you did well to have all three starting the season. They've all made money for you already, and some will make a bit more. Their final tweet now for our deep with tweets. And don't worry. There are other tweets to be read later, so if your tweet hasn't been read out, we are going to get to it towards the end of the show. But this segment, uh, Greg G at Garner G1976 asks, I'm thinking of trading out Evans or Orbison for Lawrence. Now, I'm assuming it's Brenton Lawrence. Um, who do you think is the better trade-out? Now, Pete, one of these guys is second row, one of the guys are front row. So when we're doing our pre- pre-production video, we, sort of, we assume it's Brenton Lawrence. We're going to go with him. And maybe there's a way, Greg, that you can get rid of Orbison, moving someone to the second row. Um, Lawrence is going to pop. He's a good choice to, to bring in. Kane Evans is underwhelmed so far, but he is a front rower. Orbison, you know, second rows generally don't do as well. Peter, have you got an opinion one way or the other? Yeah, definitely. No, I think that um, although, like, uh, Brenton Lawrence was suspended last last week, and I know he had a he, he had an injury plague season last year. I'm expecting him to do... Um, to do quite well this year. Um, I would suggest that, uh, yeah, Kane Evans has got to go. He hasn't just really done the job. He's not getting the, the minutes uh, for the Roosters at the moment. Um, and well, I, I obviously both of them Roosters playing in a team that's going nowhere at the moment. But, uh, yeah, Evans is just not getting the minutes. And I, I don't expect his his uh, time or his, his value to go up anytime soon. So he would be the, the one I would be getting rid of, rid of for Brenton Lawrence. I think that's a good idea. He's been a big, uh, big disappointment, hasn't he, Ryan Kane Evans? Yeah, he has, unfortunately. Um, yeah, look, Kane Evans for Brent Lawrence is a very good swap, um, to be honest, because you're going to yeah, make Evans... a bit of money. You're going to make probably seventy to eighty grand. Yeah, you're going to get better well as, production as well as getting probably a higher scoring player on average. Um, Evans is. High score has been 45 and his low has been 32. So there's not much wiggle room between those, uh, you know, between a good day and a bad day. Yeah, and his bad day, um, he's not starting now. So he's actually going backwards. Yeah, exactly right. Um, less minutes means less points. It's just the way it goes. So I, I think that's that's the way to go and hang on to Orby. Yeah, and Orbison's got some upside in him. So I think we'll see better out of him as well. Look, Kane Evans could have the odd big day and maybe he'll get it back. And uh, I'm hoping for sure he will as a Kane Evans owner. But I think in this scenario, Evans is the smarter one. All right, guys, I've got to keep moving along. Of course, you can follow us uh, on Twitter at SuperCoachPros. 
Also go to the website, www.supercoachpros.com. The game recaps from last round are already up there. Maybe by the time you're listening, certainly at some point on Wednesday, the previews for the next round will come up as well. Um, just looking ahead at the price uh, adjustments for next week or, or looking even ahead the two weeks, I think you know we've already had a question about Timaria Martin. He's going to go up the largest by, by all um, looks of it. Um, even though he only got the 29. Look, it will balance back out. You've got to remember that big cost, that big rise next week and then a short, a small one the week after most likely. So you're not going to get great benefit out of it longer term, but without a lot of other cheapy options, he's the smarter play. Certainly over uh, Corey Dennis, who only got nine um, after the big 82. So hopefully you were a watch on him. Craig Garvey's had three big games, but he's due to keep going because he's had some good performances there. So if you do have a hooking position open, he's an option there. And, of course, we have already mentioned Corey Oates. Um, as long as he comes back, he's a, he's a big one there as well. And Anthony Milford, well, there's no harm, no foul bringing him in because he's due to make another big price uh, rise going into this week. So there's some options there with him. And, of course, James Roberts having that big game is also right up there as well. Um, guys, it's it, it's time for It's a Trap. You know, we've talked about these uh, good players, some of them. There's many others there. Are any of them sort of uh, looking like, ah, it's a trap? Ryan. Um, yeah, look, um, my trap is the guy who did the dumbest play on the weekend in Frank Paul Nilsala. <laughs> um, I love you, Frank Paul. You're a giant human, but um, I just don't think there's any value in him. Um, he's not getting very many minutes, um, 33-point average, and he's owned by 11% of players. So they're getting, oh, I think... Yeah. The, the yeah. Raiders have too many good forwards, and it's affecting the super coach output of all of them. Shannon Boyd. Paul Voin had a big one last week, but he's been largely missing. Yeah, you know, they tend to share they it around. They share it around. They don't need to. Ricky Stewart, you know, he's got that going where one player gets more minutes one week, a different one. He's really balancing their workload. Even Sean Fensom um, won't get that high workload that we saw um, before Stewart went down there. So you've got to balance your expectations when it comes to those Raiders forwards, I think. Unfortunately, at least until origin time, we might see a change there. Pete, anyone that you've got for It's a Trap? Yeah, I do. Um, had a bit of a search around and I found one I think that's, um, that's definitely a trap. Uh, this guy, he changed clubs in the off-season from Parramatta to uh, Newcastle and he is Pauly Pauly. Mm. And like his name, he's been going Pauly. So um, he's he had around uh, points of 24 and he's only had a, um, a total so far of 86. Um, he is owned by approximately, I think it was 17 or 18% of of players. Yeah, 18.6, in fact. Um, and, yeah, he's on the bench. It's it's not working for him. Um, the team got flogged last week, and he's on the bench again this week. So the future's not looking too bright for him there, I don't think, at the moment. Uh, whether he, he might be injured or something like that might be part of the reason or just you know taking his time to fit into Newcastle but yeah it's not working for him at the moment only 41 minutes last week and yeah I can't see it getting any better yeah I've got a couple of guys um I, I agree with you P I've got a couple of other guys there that maybe you're thinking about probably not in a lot of lineups but Chris Griezmann having that big game last week now being named unfortunately we're seeing South chopping and changing not sure if all's well there and we might find out more in upcoming weeks 
I think Greaves Mill could easily go from a staying spot to not even the 17. Yes, you could make a bit of quick money out of him if that's all you need him for, fine. But beware um, wanting a lot more. And the same can be said with Cronulla's Ben Barber. Now, they've got a much uh, uh, more harmonious situation down there at the Shire, but certainly Barber's um, upside is excellent, but he still has that low floor, and you're probably more concerned about that than um, those good games that he's shown the last couple of weeks. All right, guys, let's have a look at the teams for round five. And the Eagles and the Rabbitohs, um, as we mentioned at the start of the show, Daly Trevins out with syndesmosis. Apasai Coruscant, an interesting one at halfback. Um, Steve Matai's back, so that means Lewis Brown and Josh Starling are on the bench. Um, interesting there. Brenton Lawrence back as well. He goes straight into the staying lineup, which is good to see. So we talked about earlier about him coming off the bench, um, but now he's starting. And Marty Tapaus are also back. No Jamie Brewer, unfortunately, with that hand injury. Luke Burgess and Blake, Keary, uh, Blake Leary sorry, are named, but might uh, as sort of 18th and 19th men. While the Rabbitohs get back Sam and Tom Burgess, although Sam was still not 100% on. And I thought Kirisami Olava was pretty good. Uh, in a losing outfit on Friday. He gets a go on the wing, although I suspect Goodwin will play wing and Ava in the centres. Um, Chris Griezmann, as we said just before, he's in the back row. No, Paul Carter, he goes to 18th man. Michael Oldfield also there as cover. Pete, this is one team that's sort of coming back and another team that needs to bounce back. All the Burgess brothers on display, we think, uh, or at least they've all been named in extended lineups. Um, what, what do you make out of this? Is there guys you can you can pick out in this one? Um, it's an interesting one. I I think um, in terms of uh, the players like we mentioned, Brenton Lawrence before, you'd expect him, I think, to go okay. Although it all that may well depend on whether um, the, uh, both of the Burgess brothers play. It's it's a lot's going to revolve around Sam there. Um, in terms of other players there, I, I really um, Aaron Gray has been impressive uh, out on the wing for Souths in the in the early rounds. Um, apart from that, geez, they all need a really good shake up from last week. I'll be interested to see whether Nathan Brown can back up that form from last week. Uh, as you said, as we said earlier in the show, he was one of the better players um, against the Bulldogs, although that would not have been hard. But no, he was very good. So um, we'll see how he goes. The other thing is, and we've mentioned on the show before, is the combination of the hookers there, Cameron McInnes and Damien Cook. Mm. I would not be surprised if Damien Cook ends up getting more and more game time. I think he's going to establish himself as the number one hooker. Well, I'll tell you what, it's uh, getting to the stage where the only person that doesn't see that is Michael McGuire, isn't it? I mean, it, it's yeah. quite unreal. And, and we, you know, I know we tweeted about it for those that are, do follow us on Twitter at Pros. you know, during the during the game and got quite a few tweets back and likes because uh, it doesn't take a genius to figure out, um, you know, who provides more spark there. And that's no mm. knock on McInnes, who's a fine young player, but Cook Cook has that ec- extra X factor. Very quick too. If Sam Burgess can play, he's got a, a you know a high predictor there, you know, it's going to be limited, um, obviously, because of the neck injury. There is a risk there. Look, the Eagles have given away a lot of super coach points to outside backs. Guys like Inglis and Hunt and Cody Walker and even Bryson Goodwin get, you know, big upticks. Whether you want to risk any of those, the way Souths have been going, that, you know, that's where it really comes into play. Whereas Manly, they might find it a bit tougher 
with no um, Daly Cherry Evans. Maybe Dylan Walker steps in there. Marty Tapao and Jake Taborovic are safer options, but not a lot to love about um, Manly Supercoach sort of going in, although if they get away like the Bulldogs did, obviously some of their players are going to have nice big days. Titans v the Bulldogs. Nathan Friend back for Gold Coast. Um, I don't know if Tyron Roberts is going to end up playing, which means Daniel Mortimer, who's now back on the bench, may end up starting in the halves, or even young Cameron Cullen. That's one to watch. Kieran Mosley also been named on that extended bench with Cullen. Uh, Corey Boats, we've already mentioned him back, and Jake Reed, uh, Lachlan Moran, and Greg Eden, not named, but they could be on the standby Ryan there. Um, what you know, what guys stand out to you? Um, obviously, Anthony Milford, I guess, is the big one. Yeah, Milford, absolutely dominating. Um, the other guys um, who uh, seem to be in pretty good form is Ryan James, um, Zebatea. If he plays, yeah, because yeah, they were fighting that. They, they did well. And um, actually, the guy who's not getting a lot of praise and um, even super coach praise um, is Matt Gillette, who's putting together a pretty um, good season thus far. Um, I think he's averaging around the 50 mark and he's looking to go up as the season goes on, obviously. So I think um, he could be a, a good well, yeah, point of difference well for you. He's up in the um, averaging 68, so he's got a great average. Had a try disallowed on the weekend, um, a little bit unlucky. Um, certainly expected to do well, although the Titans have fought pretty well against edge runners, so he won't go as well as his average this week, we predict, but certainly still up there. Milford's got a great matchup, so we expect big things there. James Roberts, who broke out last week, should do well again. Right centre has been a position the Titans have failed to cover very well so far this season. Corey Parker and Gillette, and even Josh Maguire also up there, and certainly if Ryan James gets off, He's the guy there for the Titans, but it is a very tough matchup. Him, Greg Bird, Zeb Taya, even Chris McQueen, at least safer options, but you probably don't really want Gold Coast players. And we mentioned earlier about Ash Taylor. Well, he's pretty good to only score 29. So that shows you how hard it is for halves to do against the Broncos. Storm v. the Knights now. Uh, Curtis Scott, of course, out with that um, broken leg. Ben Hampton gets a shot in the centres now, uh, allowing Tohu Harris to remain in the second row with Kevin Proctor and Kenny Bromwich back to the bench. Jake Mamo, not sure. He went off injured, so I'm not sure if he's injured or just making way for Sione Matautia there. Uh, Peter comes back from suspension. Not a lot to like with Newcastle, but I guess Melbourne have got a decent matchup. Yes, they do. Um... You'd expect, yeah, it's a little bit like the previous game uh, with the Broncos-Titans, but, yeah, I'd expect the uh, Melbourne to, to win and some of their players to do quite well. They've, they've got to get over that um, loss against uh, uh, Cronulla the other night. Um, a player that I that I really like to look of that's, that doesn't get the, once again, doesn't get the credit that he deserves, it. I think it's similar, sort of mould to Matt Gillard is uh, Dale Finucane, who yeah, uh, got a, a six... Yeah, very solid. Um, last three round average of 57.7. Uh, um, he got 60 points. You know, he's not getting great, but he'll, as the season goes on once again, I think he will um, he will get better also. So I think he's one to watch there. Um, it'll be interesting to see. I'm not sure what's happened with that uh, possible trip charge against uh, uh, the Melbourne winger, young Tonomapia. Marika Karabidi got the trip charge, not Tonomapia. Oh, sorry, I beg your pardon. I'm sorry I'm getting the wingers mixed up. You're quite <laughs> correct. So, yeah, I would expect Karabidi have done done very well, so you need to keep an eye on for him as to whether he's actually going to be playing or not. 
right? Yeah. And the, the other news is that Harris is back in the second row where he belongs as far as we most think, we, people think. We, think, we hope. We hope. <laughs> Follow us on Twitter at SuperCoachBros. An hour before kickoff, we'll send it out. We, I still think he could end up in the centres, Hampton on the bench. Honestly, even though Hampton will play in the centres at some point in this game. Corabidi obviously is a massive play. It's a great matchup for all the outside backs if he gets on the field. I don't think he will. I think it's a pretty obvious trip. Mm-hmm. Uh, he'll probably get done for a week. Will Chambers, 76 predicted points, is another one to bring that you can play with confidence there. Cameron Munster, a little bit less, but he could do anything there. So certainly 60-plus for him. Even Tonema Pia, you mentioned, I think, as well. The Knights, look, it's very tricky. Matt Aorta has been really good, but I just don't know how you really say any of them is sort of worthy of, of your of your picks there. You're just hoping to make oh, a bit of money out of them. Uh, the Tigers v the Sharks, Ryan, it's going to be a tough one for our West Tigers. They do get Chris Lawrence back. Um, they've named Robbie Farrett Hooker again with uh, Halatau in the second row, but it remains to be seen what happens. Love it. And Alawai back to the bench. Jack Buchanan's got the 18th man jer- jersey now. Paul Gallant's back from injury. That means Bakuya's back to the bench and Jared Beald is off the bench. Um, there could be some interesting plays supercoach-wise here, Ryan, but realistically, the, the, you know, the Tigers played it pretty tough and lean against Parramatta and the Sharks are very hard to score supercoach points against. Yeah, look, I don't think it's going to be a big super coach points bonanza, um, which is a, which is a turn up from the first two weeks of the, or both Tigers <laughs> games. Um, yeah, I'm not sure there's a hell of a lot of upside for anyone. Um, James Tedesco, obviously, if you've got him, you're going to play him because he's just in good form. Um, the attack doesn't is, seem to have faltered a little bit for the Tigers. Um, the guy who is getting some decent and consistent points is Siaso Sue. Um, he's coming on and he's getting better each week, so he might be a guy to just uh, put on your watch list. Um, as for the Sharks, obviously Ben Barber's there. Um, Valentine Holmes has been quiet this year and, well, you never know what could happen. Um, James Maloney and Chad Townsend are, and Andrew Feeder are probably your best three from the Sharks there. Um, Gallon, obviously, also coming back. Gallon for feeder, the obvious ones. Chad Townsend's right up there from the predictor standpoint as well, who we I think we all like on this show. Wade Graham is another one, then there's a bit of a gap. I think it might be tougher for some of these other players, but there is that opportunity, obviously, when you're talking about guys like Barber, Holmes, Bird, there is still that chance, Maloney, they're going to go large. But I think it's going to be played pretty tough. I think James Sedesco is a smart sell this week. I, he's going to lose money pretty much regardless. Um... It's a tough matchup. They get a little bit. I mean, he's going to have some good days. Still, he's got the you know the Tigers have got the Knights coming up, uh, you know, which which is going to help him. But I just think there's some good fullback options out there. You've made a lot of money out of him. I think it's time to sell. Let's move on to the next game and the Cowboys and the Dragons. Um, Javid Bowen. This will be an interesting one. The nephew of Matt Bowen making his NRL debut. There finally a change to the Cowboys 17. Kane Leonard out injured, injured shoulder for a few weeks. And the Dragons get back Benji Marshall. So Josh McCray moves to 18th man. No Ben Cray there either. Jake Marchetto is named on that bench. Pete, your guys have got back to basics. They're playing some, um, you know, it's not the maybe most exciting brand of football to watch, <laughs> but it's winning rugby league, isn't it? And in this day and age, 
that works. But the Cowboys are another kettle of fish to, to most teams in this competition. They are, though. I know that um, it's been noted before that the, the Dragons last year were a hard super coach team to score points against. So it might be something to keep in mind. And yeah, their defensive defence has been great the last couple of weeks. Um, so yeah, it, it's going to be an interesting game from both uh, just a normal footy supporters. Uh, point of view and a uh, super coach point of view. Yeah, we mentioned Michael Morgan and uh, Jake Granville earlier in the show. Um, looks like Granville's been named to start, so I'll be interesting to see how that goes. Um, last week when Granville came on, uh, cost Jason stayed on, seemed to be more in a in a yeah, second row. I, type I reckon role. that will happen again. I'm, I'm almost certain of it. Cost Jason will end up starting in 14. Yeah, I'd, I'd be very surprised if that's not the case as well. Um, yeah, yeah, Mike. Morgan will do, you would think would do well. Um, Lachlan Coote has been probably in the best form of his career this year. You'd think he'd be coming up to the end of his contract, wouldn't you? Um, <laughs> Tarmac, who's going pretty well. Ethan Lowe has been, a, has been outstanding as well. Tamalolo is really starting to, to blossom now also. Uh, for the Dragons, um, Dugan has been their, their, their standout. Um, apart from that, I'd be interesting to see how Benji comes back from injury this week. Uh, the forwards at last started to show a little bit of form and a few points last week. Blokes like Mike Cooper came off the bench and played 60. Uh, interestingly, last week, for, we keep an eye on these hookers that don't play full 80. Uh, Mitch Rain actually played the full 80 on Sunday. Whether that was right to injury or not, I'm not sure what the future holds because Havili was on the bench and didn't play any minutes at all. So. Yeah, one, one to watch. I think he's 59, his best score so far this year. But he's a very up-and-down player, Mitch Yeah. Rain. Um, and, uh, the Cowboys... As well. Right. And the, and the Cowboys, you know, probably better options here. But like you say, the Dragons can be tough to score against. Ethan Lowe, Tom Alolo, you know, Thurston probably limit his upside in this one, but still should do okay. Maybe even um, Gavin Cooper there. Um, it will be interesting with you and Aitken. There's a de- decent match-up there for him, and he's played pretty well um, in the three games he's he's played in so far this year. Down ticks for guys like Rain and Frizzell from their average, but they still should be okay plays. Same with Jack DeBellin, but it is a very tough matchup for the Saints. And Josh Dugan, I don't know if he's going to have quite a big game this time round. Let's look at the Roosters and the Warriors now. And the same 17 for the Roosters, although... Nekarim is still in the six, Guerra still in 12, so we'll see what happens with that one because Guerra played 5-8 and Nekarim came off the bench last week. And the Warriors also with the same 17. Look, there's got to be an injury cloud over Solomon Akata, who was brilliant in the first half against Newcastle. One of the only ones, Ryan, but Harrell could end up starting in this one. Yeah, that's right. Um, he's, yeah, he's clearly in, on the bench for a reason, I think. Um, and, yeah, if, if Carter, who was quite good um, is struggling then I, then I think that's the, um, the you know the only play that they've got and they'll just bring someone else onto the bench um, look, RTS was getting back to um, some very good form um, obviously Sean Johnson as well uh, Isaac Luke only didn't I think he only played around 60 minutes um, of the game uh, with Jazz uh, Tavaga uh, filling in for him in, in that time Um not quite sure about um, Luke's future as a super coach pick. No, um, for the Roosters, you obviously have Latrell Mitchell, who's um, up and down. Um, Nicarima Hastings, up and down. Um, the guy who I think who's doing quite well and quite consistently well is Takiyahu from the Roosters. 
uh, and he's getting um, some decent minutes as well. Should again crack the 50. Same with Sean Kenny Dow. I think Jake Friend is the uh, one there. But Latrell Mitchell, you did mention, and, and there's still some upside there against the Warriors who, you know, they can give points away to fullbacks. Uh, even did it last week a little bit with Gagai. Um, the Warriors, now they've really got the upside. And talk about a change in a, what a change a year makes because the Roosters very tough to score against uh, in the past, super coach wise But this year they've just laid it on a platter for opponents. So Johnson, Tavasa, Sheck, Madalino, all up there. You know, Carter if he plays. Even Simon Mannering, although we don't know if he's going into the second row, that will definitely affect his upside in that one. Uh, one to watch. Um, Eels and the Panthers. Well, Penny Terepo, or Terepo sorry, has been named as cover on the bench. Manu Ma'u um, could end up copying a two-game suspension there. That'll be a blow if people have got him because he was a nice, he's been a nice uh, performer for you and obviously the Eels have got the best by draw uh, in Supercoach this season. So a big loss there, another two games out. Pan- Panthers, Matt Moylan coming back at fullback. That's the big one there for Will Smith. And uh, Elijah Taylor and Jeremy Lattimore covering on the bench in case Bryce Cartwright can't go. Pete, uh, the Eels, they just strangled the life out of the Tigers. I mean, Penrith, they've got some exciting options for Supercoach, but this may be the week to not have them in your starting lineup. Yeah, I've liked uh, Parramatta were, were great against Canterbury a couple of weeks ago. Like, of course, uh, Semi Red Raj was the, was the Supercoach star and the, the star on the field. You know, he's, he was very, very good. Um Last week it was a bit, um, a bit more you know, not so great, greater quality game, but they they still got the win and a couple of their forwards still you know tackle very hard. So with Parramatta, of course, you know Red Raj was your standout. Michael Gordon looked a bit more settled last week um, than he has. Michael Jennings to start to come into his own a little bit. Um, Ryan mentioned earlier in the in the show. Uh, interesting, I'd like to see Kieran Foran just for another week just to see how he goes, see whether he can get our trust. Um, but yeah, it would be good to see, um, whether, as I said, Manu Ma'u and Tepe Maroa, if they both play, um, it's a big uh, benefit to, to Parramatta and their decent super coach players as well. Penrith are, um, interesting, um, players like, uh, Mansour and DWZ played very well last week. Um, Hiku scored a, scored a good try. Moylan coming back will be interesting. You know, he's a bit of a favourite of super coach last year. Uh, Regan Campbell-Gillard starting to play a bit into his own sort of uh, thing there. Starting to lead the pack a bit. And, uh, yeah, Merrin, and not getting the full game time that he was getting last year or more, he's not getting the quality game time he was getting last year. So that'll be interesting to watch also. Yeah, I think Merrin's the obvious play. I mean, 87 supercoach points in, like you say, less than 80 minutes. Very impressive last week in a losing outfit. Admittedly against his old club, probably won't see that level here, but it will be tough against those Eels. Um, Mansour's still predicted to get to 60, so there's one. And I think unless you've got Joseph Paulo, I don't know where you go with Parramatta because as much as they're winning games, um, uh, sorry, Junior Paulo, as much as they're winning games, um, you know, super coach wise it's tough to predict with the exception of Junior Paulo, the big prop forward, and, and a bit lucky with that try, but, uh, you know, who's going to argue with him? The Bulldogs v the Raiders, the final game of the weekend. And um, 
No change for, for Canterbury. Blake Austin and Aiden Sears, as we mentioned enough on the show, are in. So is Joey Lelua. So no Brinko Lee or Sam Williams. Elliot Whitehead back to second row, which means Sears Soliello back to the bench and no Jeff Lima because of an injured hand. Ryan, there's some decent options again here. Stay away from Penrith Parramatta, particularly if you're in daily leagues, and maybe put all your eggs in this basket instead. Yeah. Look, I'll tell you what. I'll tell you something, and they're on opposing sides. Um, Garvey and Hodgson. Yeah, Both, battle of the dummy um, Stand out. Hodgson, yeah. obviously, is in some very good form. Um, and, you know, if you've got him in a team, you're going to play him. But the guy, if you want to bring him into your team, Garvey's still only 203. He's going to rise um, again. Yeah, and he's going to rise. And Twice. he's got some more games in him. Um, and he's starting to really fit into the... Um, to the dog's style, he really struggled in his first couple of games, but has, has come along um, quite a long way. Um, He's predicted sure. to go up over 70,000 in the next two weeks. Wow. Yeah, well, he's almost, you almost just want to get him in there now anyway. Just because, yeah. Yeah. Um, the Raiders halves, I'm not 100% on being that they're coming back from injury. Um but having said that, you never know because Blake Austin is a bit of a freak and you don't know what he can do. Um, the guys, obviously, um, Papali and Whitehead and Fenson, those 11, 12 and 13 for the Raiders are very consistent scorers um, and their base is good um, just for the tackles alone. Moses Embi is an obvious one as well there. He's going so well at the moment. Not a bad matchup for him either. And um, obviously those guys that didn't need to do as much last week, James Gray, Maiden, and Tolman, but they're usually pretty reliable. Could be some upside with Josh Morris as well as Garvey, who we mentioned. And the Raiders, look, you're right, look, there's a lot of players there that could go large. It just might be a bit mm-hmm. harder to predict which ones, but certainly Papali up there, Whitehead, and as you mentioned, Hodgson. And uh, maybe, maybe, just maybe Jared Croker as well. All right, we've almost finished the show now, but we do have those tweets that we promised that we would get to here, and that is the first one from Drew Johnson. That's Supercoach Pros. The captain choices are killing me. Who do you recommend this round? Anthony Milford, Corey Parker, Sam Burgess, Jane Sadesco, Andrew Fafita, Cameron Smith, Trent Merrin, or even Bryce Cartwright, if healthy. Pete, uh, what do you think? Two words, Anthony Milford. <laughs> Easy. I think that, uh, as we've discussed up against the Titans um, in superb form last week, and this bloke, you know, we said he should have got the Churchill medal on the grand final day last year, and he stood up Thurston last week brilliantly, and, yeah, Milford, Milford, Milford. It's the Titans. We're not even sure who he's going to be up against if Tyron Roberts ends up playing, if he plays fully fit. Um, that will be who's marking him. I, I can't look anywhere else. He's predicted to score 94, the top in our predictor. Um, the only other one is Sean Johnson. doesn't look like that you own him, and it'd be far more risky. Anyway, Ryan, anywhere else you go with this, Sam Burgess, probably too risky, but, you know, it is a decent matchup for him too. Yeah, look, it's decent enough, and all the others have um, a slight upside um, if you put the C next to their name, but, yeah, the MILF is, um, is where it's at. Until we hear otherwise. I mean, that was a poor matchup for him last week. And he didn't do well all the time, but he still did enough to get a massive score. And, you know, that's where you're at with him at the moment. And Jono asks, uh, which cash cows are starting 
to uh, is it time to start cashing in and which ones do you still hold now I guess we kind of covered this a little bit earlier in the harvest but there's other positions too um, Ryan I'll start with you there are there are guys that um, you're looking now to start to turn over already or is it really a case of no every all these guys are still making some cash yeah I, I think you've got to hold on um, there's no guys that have really like crashed and burned after after opening up um, it's, yeah, yeah I, I think probably two more weeks is probably where you'll you'll see a bit more of um, disparity between the guys who are really going to um, uh, get you some money and, um, you know, money later on in the year as opposed to guys who are really just building up to a plateau. Um, yeah, so I would say hang on to whoever you have. Um, if you want to get a cheapie in there now, the guy to get for me is um, Corey Dennis. You, even though he only got the nine, I, I think you can't have him. I, I think I think he's there, and he's got he's got um, an ability to to go up from there. Mm, I don't know. I think I think the nine negates that great eighty-two from the week before because you, everything you're going to gain next week, you're going to potentially lose the week after when that eighty-two drops off his three-round rolling average. I can't I, have Dennis. I just couldn't. I don't, I'm certainly a quick turnaround guy. Yeah, well, Nathan Brown's the other guy. I just don't trust him. <laughs> <laughs> he won't even get on the part. Who knows? Who knows what he's going to do? Look, I agree, however. Well, I'll go to you, Pete, first. Well, I do agree in regards to maybe holding these guys a bit longer. What do you think, Pete? Yeah, I think so. Um, like you did mention earlier in the show about um, Tedesco possibly uh, letting him go. But, geez, I, I think this bloke has, has stepped up another level a little bit this year. And so I'd, I'd be still... Hang on to oh, him, I think myself. I know he's a good player, but I just think money-wise, yeah. he's going to lose out, and you want to keep that cash. And and but I guess John is saying, you know, I guess he is sort of more looking at a. Ca- I guess he is a cash cow, isn't he, Tedesco? Because he's made a lot of money. But I, yeah. I'm assuming he's meaning these cheapies. But but obviously mm. Tedesco has made a lot of money. So in, in that sense, he's turned into a cash cow if you had him from round one. Yeah, that's right. That's what. Yeah, that's what I mean. But. Uh... Yeah, no, I'm with Ryan. I think you stick with him for another couple of rounds and you know, watch very, very closely. Yeah, and when you're looking at the guys that are due to go down this week, we're not seeing any of those low um, guys because they've all... Guys like Walker, they have one bad round. Cody Walker, he came back last round, you know, got a better score. So what we'll do for you, Jono, we'll um, put it through our predictor model. We're going to have some more... The more numbers we get, the more accurate it's going to get for this year. And um, we'll put put a lot of these cheapies through and we'll do a segment on it next week for you um, to sort of know a bit better of when to cash in, which round leading into Origin. That about does it for the show, guys. Make sure you follow us on Twitter at SuperCoachPros. Go to the Facebook page at SuperCoachPros as well. Website www.supercoachpros.com. Ryan, thank you so much. See you next week. Yes, mate. No worries. Pete, thank you as well. Oh, well. It's a pleasure, guys. And that is it for the Supercatch Professionals Roundtable podcast. We'll catch you next Tuesday. Bye for now. <laughs>